welcome to episode one of the Multifarious Podcast. If you have clicked play on this episode and are currently listening, I sincerely appreciate you for taking the time out of your day to listen to this. This podcast is hopefully going to very much be an educational experience for me. I'm incredibly grateful and privileged to be able to learn from these amazing people. And I hope that you learn as much as I do from these people. They're just incredible. So much knowledge to offer. And this is really just me trying to help more people hear them. Um, just some housekeeping things before we get started. If you don't know me already, my name is Abdurrahman Saluji. I am from Ottawa, Canada. Spent the first 14 years of my life there, then moved to Istanbul, Turkey with my family, and I have been here for the past few years. I have also created my own coaching company called Multifarious Strength. Now, multifarious means of having many facets or to do with many things. And that is the personal philosophy that I have and the approach that I've decided to take with my coaching and training. But it's also going to very much be the theme of this podcast. So this podcast is going to hopefully be fitness centric and to do with, you know, health and strength sports. But we also plan to explore a variety of other topics and just talk about various issues. Now, if you guys have any comments, questions or concerns about any of the things that we discussed in the podcast please do not hesitate to reach out to me on Instagram at saluji underscore A, or you can check out my website at www.multifariousstrength.com. Now, a little bit about today's guest, Mahan Elmi, the man, the myth, the legend. If you don't know him, you definitely should. He is my coach and one of the most intelligent people that I know. I'm incredibly grateful to know him. There's nothing but wisdom and professional experience that has come from him. And from all of the stuff that he puts together, he has his own podcast that you should definitely check out called Majoring in the Minors. You can check out his website at www.wow-coaching.com. You can also check him out on Instagram at mahanelmi underscore, M-A-H-A-N-E-L-M-I underscore. If you enjoy this episode, please feel free to tag us on Instagram, throw up a story with this in it. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Without further ado, please enjoy episode one. Um, yeah, it's it's um, Dan, Kyle, and I are gonna do like a our own workshop in two months' time, probably. Yeah. Uh, in one of the King's Gym. So, like, the three of us are gonna talk together and like run the workshop, all three of us, and bring people, like, you know, charge a certain amount, get whoever wants to come down. Um, so yeah, we're literally going to have like a call this Friday to discuss that. And I was like, I was standing there and I was like, well, Kyle's got the anatomy. Dan's got the strength. What am I going to do? Magic tricks? He's like, oh, flowers. <laughs> it's like birds. Show up with the Gandalf hat. It's show up with the Gandalf hat. It's just like, oh, huh. fireworks. <laughs> you guys need to get Tom as your demo because he's yeah. such a unit. Jesus, that kid. Like, uh. On his Instagram, his pictures are from when he's 16. So he was like, oh, yeah, I'm at the station. I'm at the, like, in front of the, uh, whatever shop it was, I think Burger King and stuff. So I just go there, and I, I keep seeing him on his Instagram. So he's such a catfish. And I thought it was, like, a guy around my size. I was like, finally, like, nobody's going to be that big. I won't feel that small. And then as I come up, this freaking giant starts waving at me. And I'm like, who the f- who is that? And as I get closer, I'm like, "What, Tom? That's you?" He's like, 
Yep. And the guy's like quads is twice as twice my size. Uh that's so funny. And then we oh, see Dan, he's another unit, huge. And then we get an Uber. Oh my god, with these two, I was like crushed against the door. Dan was rocking 104 kilos, and like Thomas, I think it was at like 94. Yeah, something like that. And I'm just like at my max 79, just like being squashed against the door. The car was like tilted to one side, and it's like it was fun. What else? What else happened? Uh, All right. So, oh, so many things happened. First of all, we got so many, um, like so, so much dirty looks because we got there and we were there waiting for Katie for like I think an hour or so because she has some other stuff to do. So she, we knew she's gonna come later anyways, but we decided like we waited for her. And then for an hour, 15 minutes that we were there, nobody was deadlifting. Like literally, like we were standing by the deadlift area and the entire gym's kitted with machines. And then there's like two small deadlift platforms with one bar. Uh, Right? And nobody's deadlifting. And I was like, this is a, there you go. This is a bodybuilding gym. Like nobody's touching the deadlift. Like squats, yes, they're doing like quarter squats or like even heavier squats with spots, uh, spotters and stuff. But the bulk of people was just living and dying on machines, like nothing else, just that. Send it, boys. Uh, yeah, just send it, team. There's nothing else. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we were just waiting for um, Katie for a while. Dan and I started warming up. He took his pre-workout too early. So he was like, I'm so hyped, but we're just like chilling. Um, and then like slowly started warming up and like Dan – like pulled a power move and just went like to 180 200 and just moved it like butter and i was like oh shit, what am i doing here what a dude yeah and then um we were gonna like make a full competition out of it but obviously like uh there wasn't enough like there wasn't no bar so we both had to be on it and i think like it just took so long like you know it takes you long to especially with the loads that dan's going to 200 for as many amrap as many reps as you can it will take a little bit of a toll on the body, so you don't want to go in cold. So, and we were warmed up and cooled down, warmed up, cooled down. So the moment Katie got here, Dan like put on two hundred, and I thought he's gonna warm up, but then he just went for it. Like he just went boom, 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 rep after rep, getting fourteen reps in, and like halfway through, I was like, oh shit, someone film this, like taking pictures and film. Uh, and then after 14, he just put it down. He's like, yeah, that's it. I was like, oh, God. So now I had to like just suddenly get ready for my lift. I was like mentally oh, not man. there. But yeah, oh, I got into... Well, for me, like I'm a calm deadlifter. Like I don't need too much hype. Like I like I need to like just turn on bam before the deadlifts. Before that, I just can't. Like I, I think I wear myself out if I'm too hyped up. So I just got under the bar and I was like, all right just do it man like what's the worst that you can do so i started repping it as well um it was fun like it's it's interesting being around i don't think i like competing but it's interesting lifting around people that you care about and you enjoy and like you know you have fun with and that support like you know because prescript is all about like this kind of community and love that we have for each other but like when you're lifting and they verbalize it and they're shouting it like you got it this thing like it just gives you a bit of a boost you know to do stuff so that was great and then after that 
Kyle and I just went and killed legs. Like uh, Kyle, Alex, and I went and like destroyed quads. It's like it quad send it on machines. That's so like yeah, that's pretty much what it was. After that, we all got food. It was great. Um, but yeah, it's something that we really want to do. Hopefully, with like restrictions and everything else over like get people like you know the jordan and jordan shallow and junta killian if it comes i know Stu's coming down in um october i think for dance competition so like it'll be good to get like do it again and get a bunch of like the main guys there as well yeah that'd be sick. yeah i'm i'm still confused as to how the code restrictions work because as far as i know because turkey's redlisted on the UK for some stupid political reason. Um, but I don't know if like the mandatory quarantine for, I think it's 10 days. I don't know if that still stands with a vaccine or not. I'm it'd be interested to find that out because I just had my first dose yesterday and I'm trying to get the second dose because I want to get back to Ottawa, hopefully for September uh, mm-hmm. so I can like continue with my course. But if they do allow people into the UK without the quarantine uh, after the two doses, then Hey, fingers crossed i might be able to make it for just like a weekend maybe in the end of august yeah that would be great uh, i don't know yeah at the moment i don't know how it is i think it's that so at the there is the quarantine but then i i think there is a test that you can do and then like depending on the result of the test and like how many vaccines you had like you've you have had they might let you do stuff it's very confusing. Like nobody knows. That's the worst thing. Like nobody really knows. But um, I know like people who've gone out and then they're coming back and they, at the moment they have to quarantine. But I think like if you get the test, it might be, you might be able to like, you have to do a couple of tests, I think, to like bring it down. Yeah, I want to find out how many days it is with both, with both vaccines because yeah i need to get a training session in oh definitely before i go back you know what tom's probably going to listen to it to this so shout out to tom again you have like two listeners <laughs> one of the two listeners uh love that guy he just like he was just like randomly walking up to us be like are you mahan host of majoring in the minors i was like yes it made me feel so good um can we like he needs to start his podcast as well? But he's technically going to be a co-host. Yeah, exactly. Like you guys doing it together, but uh, yeah, him, you, me, and like you know everyone else who wants to come. I would definitely love to train with uh, Katie again because like they benched, so I didn't. And obviously, I'm not going to bench with Katie because I don't want to make a fool out <laughs> yeah, of myself. Of yeah, nobody. <laughs> so, but yeah, they were benching with Dan, but like pro. Uh, we were doing legs like i think that's why we did quads we did like the muscle group so far away from bench that we couldn't just, just like, get as far like, away from the bench as possible yeah like go to the leg <laughs> section, section. Do, do not go anywhere like back or chest yeah, so that would be cool like getting everyone involved uh denzel super cool as well uh carly alex um everyone it was just just like super great having all of them there My, my main interactions with anyone with like British accents has been through movies. So it's going to be a very interesting experience to like only hear people that talk like Jason Statham in real life. Yeah, I'm looking <laughs> forward to it though. 
Yeah, for me is uh, apparently because of like um, you guys, well, you don't like you have more of a sort of a American accent as well. And everyone else that I'm like talking to through Prescript, even my clients are like, man, you're speaking, you're speaking more American now. And I'm like, am I? Uh, so, because I, I have sounding a, American or British. Yeah, it's, uh, to be honest, to be uh, to, like, for me, I think I have a neutral accent because I it's a mix of everything, right? It's a mix of Iranian. I lived in India, so I have Indian tendencies sometimes. Uh, that's the first country I started speaking English in. And then I learned my English from like, obviously, like American movies. And I learned it from Eminem lyrics and stuff like that. So like a lot of things I say in American accent. And then living in the, in the UK for 10 years, that has affected it as well. So like, it's just everything's just kind of canceling each other out. And I just have like this thing that's like a neutral accent that like goes here and there once in a while, right? Uh, I personally, to be honest, maybe it's because I've lived here for 10 years that I like the British accent more. Like it, but I guess my ears is just like, they're just used to hearing it. I can't think of a British accent without like some of Darren Till's yelling audio playing somewhere in my head. Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) It's sort of lost. It's like posh undertones having like yell in his post fight conferences. Yeah, and some like yeah, Darren Till like isn't isn't he from Manchester though? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, they're Liverpool, up north. Yeah. Liverpool. Sorry, yeah, their, their accents are a bit different. Like London, you Skies get the nice. Different. Yeah, exactly. In London, you get some nice like. Uh, every time I hear someone who speaks posh, I'm like, yes, tell me more. It's just like, yeah, listen to. Them. Um. Some accents are horrible though, like. The roadman accent. Roadman, <laughs> yeah, in it. Um, yeah, so and I, I do not understand some of the slangs at all. Like, yeah. anywhere else, right? Everywhere they have their own accents and everything. Yeah, I never realized. I, I, I don't really, I don't have that much of a Canadian accent now. I never realized <laughs> that I did though until I came to Istanbul, like directly from Canada, uh, when I was fourteen, and. I was made fun of endlessly for like months by many littler people who thought that I just sounded excessively Canadian. And like, apparently it was, it was just like a real hick accent. Shout out carp in Canada, in Canada, but like, I'd say like car or house. house. Like, <laughs> and I, I, and, I, and I, it's funny because I'd fall for it so many times. Like, yeah, I'm going back to my house. And they're like, what? And like I said, I'm going back to my house. I'm like, what, what do you say? And I keep repeating it. And they'd be like, okay, you guys suck. Uh, yeah, I yeah, dude. It's it's fun though. Like I I find these interactions like I don't know. Yeah, you get bullied for it a bit, but also, um, as you have when you move to different areas at young ages, I think like you'll it'll, for you will be the same as me. That it's easy to pick or adapt. Like honestly, this is the some of the funniest things that has happened to me is I had when I lived in India. I had to pick up the Indian head shake. I literally had to, like my I, my do head. It, do was, it, do it, do it. Yeah, like doing this. Uh, oh, thank God this is just the sound, but like. <laughs> no video for this one. Yeah, no video for But like you had to, because like, I remember at school, like the teacher would ask me something and he was like, did you understand? And I would say yes. And he would explain it again. 
And it was like, did you get it? I'm like, yes, I did. Like I told you the first time. And he would like still try to explain more. Then I realized I had to shake my head when I say yes. I'm like, yes. That's amazing. Um, and then like I had that and like it's, it becomes part of you. And then when I came to the UK, I was like, I had to actively hold my head from moving. I was like, <laughs> yes, don't do it. Oh my God. So I had to like uh, unlearn it. So like these things, yeah, it just happens. And obviously you'll get bullied for it, but (laughs) I find it funny sometimes. It would be really funny if I could blame the genesis of my life in the gym on being made fun of for my Canadian accent. But unfortunately I started working out before that. Yeah, you're right. Like it's been very easy to adapt to different languages. Like I know several, all of them very badly. Like I speak English weirdly, some either silent, like mostly English and French being in Ottawa, and Arabic also badly, and Latin for a few classes for some reason. So like mm-hmm. moving to moving to Istanbul and then learning Arabic more actively, I was very, it's very easy to pick up just like Turkish pronunciation, which is why I sound like a Turk, like when I ordered McDonald's or whatever. But yeah, it's having like a you know, languages come easily once you've had practice with multiple ones. That's why I always yeah. find it very strange when like people only speak English how to pronounce words in any other language it's like why can't you do that yeah it's it you know it's exposure right if you're exposed to to so many different things then you can obviously imitate it as well but if you're only exposed to a certain way that like you know your mouth moves and your tongue moves inside and like creates different sounds then it's hard to say it like you probably get this like in my language you know like because some some languages have a lot of vowels, like um, French. That, like, uh, uh, I, I never get the. You have like seven different pronunciations. Yeah. Just what the hell? One. Just pick, pick one. one. Or whereas our language just has like like all these things that yeah. someone else hears is like no, they they sound the same. I'm like no, it's not. Like, there's a big difference between this. So it's. Um, it always happens, but um, I think like random, this is just a random thing to go f- through is, uh, and I want to know what your opinion is. Cause like I used to tell this to my mom and anyone else who was like conscious of speaking English. I think language is a tool of communication, right? So as long as you can communicate, you should not feel any bad about it. And like make, like make sense of what you want to say. And uh <laughs> it'll be fine it doesn't matter if you know the best out of every language uh just just talk just like be be consistent be like really confident in what you say yeah and i think there's a lot to be said in terms of the mental benefits of knowing different languages i really think overall it does make you a more adept communicator because you're Mm -hmm. used to first of all different pronunciations but that's only the obvious bit like there's also, also nuances of for example emphasis or how you convey something, the tone that you convey, and it changes from language to language. So being able to sort of do that in different languages really makes it a lot simpler when you communicate in, for example, the most familiar language you have. And it's like, oh, okay, I got this. Yeah, and like even learning different languages, it opens your mind to thinking differently, right? Like, or being exposed to different languages. Yeah, absolutely. And like English is not the best. English is, is interesting. I feel like, and it's probably different for you. Like you're probably beyond the average person, but for most people who especially grow up in an English country, you don't, 
I don't know if you learn English grammar in depth in terms of the structure of sentences. I like, I don't know how it is, but it's it does get very complex. And the more like if you learn the nuances of sentence structure in different languages as well, you're able to just think in different ways that I find very interesting. Like Arabic is such a beautiful language and it's so interesting because even like the way that you order the sentence, for example, is just changes the meaning and changes the emphasis. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so interesting. But then that, that, that just carries over in terms of how you think linguistically. This is very abstract. It's, yeah, it's, it's very it's, like meta conversation. But yeah, and I think like for us again, because there's a difference between like if someone's learning English and Spanish and like, you know, things like that have roots in Latin instead like speaking English and then like, you know, Arabic or Farsi or Turkish, like they're so different that like this, like once you make this connection between the two, like you, you kind of cover areas that you weren't expecting to cover. And it's just like, as I said, it just kind of makes you think laterally or, or in my case, suck at both. Cause like I've gone far enough. That like now my like my English is okay, but like I because I've been able to communicate enough of English, I think I've stopped learning. So that like you know, if you don't use stuff, you eventually forget it, right? And also a lot of my English comes from because I read a lot of books, right? Mm. But the problem is when you read books as a foreigner, you don't know how things are pronounced. So you start creating your own pronunciations for them in your head. Especially like if you're reading fast, you just like create the fastest things that you can read. And then you don't know how to say it. So sometimes I try to sound re really literate, like, and be very like, you know, sound smart. And it just makes it sound worse. Cause like I say something and they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, this word, like the other day I was talking, I still don't know what the actual pronunciation is. A plinth, like, you know, the, or a flint, not a flint. Um, see, now I forgot again. Like, you know, this, like kind of like an altar when they put like a statue on top like the um, see it's so advanced anyway it doesn't matter it doesn't matter i don't know how to say the word anyway i kept i tried to say it to so many people and they were like maham we don't know what you're talking about but so in that sense my english like kind of yeah, right. yeah? Right. yeah yes and the reason i say this because i like my gym is literally central london and if you come to trafalgar square there's like four plinths when there is statues on it that's why i know the word anyway um so yeah like my english is lacking from that side but then i'm not speaking farsi enough that i'm kind of forgetting farsi as well so i'm making stuff up so i talk to my mom and i'm like i say a word and she's like what do you mean and i was like this and she's like that's not the word and i'm like yeah i'm sure it is and she's like no you're just making things like i'm connecting dots in my brain right trying to like come up with something and she's like mahan stop uh oh it's great it reminds me of this of like this text post that i saw a while ago in my when i was like learning arabic uh, here more more consistently whereas like when you're learning two languages and forget them both you're bilingual b-y-e <laughs> like both of them are just going gone so bilingual. yeah it is so true but sorry like this is a meta conversation because like we just randomly talk about different things but i do want to bring it back for you because this is your podcast yeah, so i was actually way left field so yeah <laughs> i was actually gonna ask something that's kind of interests me is uh what like what what are the goals with the podcast where do you want to take this 
Not sure. I mean, true to its name, the idea of multifarious, it's going to be for pretty much everything. I mean, I'm going to try to keep a fitness focus because that's kind of what I do a little bit more than the other things. But yeah, true to its name, I just want to make this a podcast with everything and just talk about everything. I'm sure many people are waiting for me to make a fool out of myself yelling about philosophy and ethics. So that's definitely coming somewhere down the line. Uh, but uh, uh, Lou's going to just, the uh, Anton is going to be sitting there with his notebook ready to like just take down incriminating things. <laughs> <laughs> It's like you said this. Everything you yeah. say will be, can be, and will be used against you in the court of law, in in the Thunderdome. Yeah, uh, it is. It is somewhat stressful in the sense that, like, now things are being recorded. And I suppose they are. Like Google could probably guess my next seven purchases based on like, I don't know, my Instagram ad history. But like, it's still it's still a, d- a different feeling, I guess of actually mm-hmm. having my words sticking around somewhere on the internet. So, and it's, it's something that I've actually, I've struggled with for a while, less so much now, but definitely when I was in my earlier teenage years about having this idea of like, I'd like say something, it could be like something completely random, but like a week later, I'd be like, wow, that was really, really dumb. I'm glad it didn't stick around. And so now <laughs> I need to tread more carefully, so to speak, in terms of not saying things that future me is going to be like, wow, that was a stupid move. But uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, but like for on the other side, don't you think like I love that because like I'm going to listen to our podcast like two years down the line and be like, God, I was dumb. But it's a good reminder because to not take yourself seriously because at any point in your life, what you did before was dumb, right? Like you'll, you'll always look back and think so. And this never stops. You're always like, you know, it's kind of part of the growth. So I think um, it's also fun to like, as you said, put it out there and like have it recorded so I can go back to it and be like, geez, did like, especially if you're open to change and like, you know, you're not stubborn in your ways. And like, you know, if something does matter, you, you will like, you know, you learn from it. So when you go back to it, you're like, yeah, you know what, actually I was wrong about that. I was dumb there. I was doing this thing. Yeah, that's true. But on the other side, like for me, and maybe it's just me being weird, but like when I, for example, I find a podcast that I enjoy, like a new podcast, I'll only listen to like the more recent episodes because I have this weird thing where I, it's hard for me to dissociate a person's like development over time, if that makes sense. It's like if I listen to a much older podcast and they say something that's really weird, it becomes somewhat difficult for me to separate that and to just, you know, be like, oh yeah, that's the old them. Cause I have that myself, right? Like it's sometimes it's hard for me to dissociate past events and be able to recognize, hey, was a while ago that's why it's i've sort of had this apprehension of establishing myself in this sense like mm-hmm. i'm very much not social media is definitely not my thing like dude this the account that i started i started in like well, september last year because like I, my account had like one follower up until then because i deleted all the other ones i dislike the idea of digital permanence it really it bothers me because because it's not the whole thing right like it's only a facet of me or a part of me that people can experience and it like the storefront, I don't know, I, I'm very much what you see is what you get, right, the way that I am in person, so, but hey, it's, it's a challenge in the sense that I'm not used to it, and it's definitely outside my comfort zone, but hey, that's how growth happens, right? Yeah, and I think through experience, right, like the more you do that, the more you'll experience those changes, and then you'll be more open to it, because like, I'm of the thought of like, 
people can't because people's ideologies can change because like it has happened to me so much right um i was discussing this earlier with like a friend like before i was so tied up to different schools of thought and i was still locked in to those that like i was always against other things and like now i'm thinking you know the shallow savings board of instead of following a system having a systems way of thinking like now i can see that change so like when i look back or like you know talk to my clients and like i, I always like like reminding them i was like remember i said this i was wrong i feel like this like you know these this and this and this has changed my mind about it so um but i guess that comes with, from exposure like you know the more you do that so for you even like maybe that this this association will come along the way the more you'll notice it and see it because it's not about like forgetting it's about recognizing the differences right yeah yeah i really think it's just it's yeah it's really just greater exposure like public speaking is always something that just weirdly enough i've had i don't want to say talent for but it's something that's come more naturally to me, which mm. is funny because I hate doing it. But I think it's definitely something that I need to be able to get better and be more comfortable with. Yeah. That's why, like, we started, like, and I was really one of the main reasons that we started our podcast was the fact that I wanted to practice. Because, yeah, for, just like you, I, I'm, I've never been scared of public speaking because, like, I, it never got me scared I, I like the sound of my voice i think i like like if people listen to me perfect like i can talk forever uh but it's the fact that not just because i can talk forever doesn't mean like i should right i want like i wanted to have practice to at least the way i speak the way i articulate myself the way like uh, i try to get a point across like kind of refine these and get better at that and that's like uh, through trial and error and that's literally a great idea like a podcast is a great breeding ground to like you know build um, your communication skills yeah and i think like you mentioned earlier trying to not have moments of weird silence that we have to edit out that's what it is like just being able to be quicker on my feet i don't know what to say intellectually speaking or verbally speaking but yeah just not being able to to think on the go and respond and i think that's important especially having to do with clients mm -hmm. or you know discussions with other people i want to be hit with a question and just be sitting there like let me get back to you on that <laughs> like, talk to myself for like an hour yeah taking time to like come up with a random answer and be like or you can uh, you know what as a pt i'm going to give you this sometimes you can do literally the whole like smell the fart tactic like you know if anyone knows friends sorry that was a friends reference if you don't know it uh it's like these big pauses that you just kind of it looks like you're smelling something but it's just like <laughs> it's just to give you time so like in the gym you can suddenly do that and then pretend that you were thinking what weight to use next <laughs> and that yeah. gives you time to answer a question or or you just shit, tell them to shut up and do the reps and then like we'll yeah. discuss it afterwards and gives you time to think as well what am I doing? My friends' references are wasted on you, youngsters. <laughs> I have yet to see friends or the office. And it's somewhat of an accomplishment because I haven't. It is a big accomplishment. Um, yeah, I haven't really. seen Seinfeld. And I feel like it's a big thing in North America. And it it's the whole idea of being polarized, right? It's like 
Coke and Pepsi, PlayStation and Xbox, and then Friends and Seinfeld. Like, yeah, I'm I'm very thankful to not have had my personality based off of any of those. Like, I never, like, my family was pretty strict in terms of like gaming and TV, especially when I was much younger. Like, so we never had a TV. You know, my grandparents had a Wii that we played on, like those Lego video games. That was it. So yeah, my personality is thankfully not based on terrible. TV shows or video mm-hmm. games. And it was really funny because like, when I first came to Istanbul, I met a couple of great people from California. And I actually have to try to get some of them on the podcast because those are those are those are OGs, but like they knew people, and this is very stereotypical Californian people. They knew people whose like entire personalities were based off of the office references. And like, get a life. Yeah, it's um I can uh, we're going to quote Shallow and everyone else so much, but like, you know, that voyeurism that Shallow kind of thinks it talks about, like some of these, especially like at least TV shows had some sort of comedic timing and rhythm. Nowadays, it's even worse. Like we're just like basic, basing off our personalities off of like someone who's like on this rectangular device I have in my uh, hand that's just like, you know, doing it. Not us, but I'm saying like most urgent, like, you know, especially the younger generation, someone who's dancing and talking and saying random stuff. And like, you know, that it's, there's exposed so much to it that they're building their personalities off of that. Cause like our rate of exposure, as you said, but you haven't had it, but for me it would be like these TV shows and like, you know, the references and jokes and things like that. Yeah. It's really, man, the dangers and damage of the internet is a whole other like entire podcast series. Yeah, yeah it's like, weird. And like, I was definitely raised in the old school style where I didn't have a phone or a TikTok celebrity to base my personality off. My parents told me to go outside and kick a ball around. So mm-hmm. it was definitely through that much more, you know, trial and error. Hey, if I try to ride my bike off of this rock, I split a lip. Let's not do that again, as opposed to just scrolling through TikTok. I'm very grateful for that. And I was, you know, obviously as a kid, I had like FOMO of all the other little kitties running around and you know doing whatever but i'm very grateful for that now being able to look back on it i'm grateful that i actually had to figure some stuff out myself mm. what do you think like because as toxic and as negative it is it also introduces like this is something that i battle with all the time like internet as toxic as uh, and as negative as it is it does also have like a very good positive uh and it can bring a lot of opportunities in as well. And like the word that I want to focus on is like, you know, things you had to experience and you had to learn. And like some of these learnings can be hastened through like basically more exposure. Cause like what that does, like the world wide web gives you more exposure to different things. So like you can go through many different lessons as well. So like, I feel like you have to, as much as I hate it, you have to get with the time, like sort of get with the times and like kind of, maybe the way you and I were brought up will not last the test of time. There should be a little bit of a, I don't know, like a evolution to it or a compromise. Cause like the lives kids will live like the, the these, like if a kid, like if you had a kid right now, or if I had a kid right now, or like even in a couple of years time, their lives will be so different that the way you and I were brought up will not translate to their like even daily or needs yeah, it's so interesting. That's actually something that I was thinking about a few days ago, like the struggle of bringing up kids in today's landscape. I apologize if you have a kid that you're stressing about. 
don't worry about it. It's all going to be good. But like the idea that the rate of growth in terms of, you know, technological advancement and just the growth of everything really has been so expedited almost to the point of exponential growth in the last like 20 years that hmm. that is the great struggle of parenting, in my opinion. Take it as it is. I am a teenager. Don't worry about it. Could be very much wrong about this. But that's just so much the issue is that the, the way that generation to generation in terms of the environment has changed is so drastic relative to like 100, 200 years ago, because then it's like, okay, maybe not 100 years ago, but you know, we'll go a few centuries back. It's like, oh, I grew up with the horse buggy with two wheels and my kid has the four wheels. They don't understand what things were like in my time. I, the, the, the rate of growth is different and much more, the curve is smoother. And so the amount of sort of, it was so much easier to, I guess, like just to help your child grow because he was more familiar to you. But like now, even me compared to my brother, right? He is only like nine years younger than me, but it feels like different generations in terms of like the technology that I had access to or that I was able to use. It's quite scary in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And like for you, it was it, like for us even, it was like some sort of a privilege, right? We didn't need it. Like kids my age didn't need a phone. But if you had one, you were just like, your parents happened to get you one. Like, you know, but we still, I remember there was a time that like, I probably, I don't know who listens to this, but we were used to have like phone books and I would memorize my friend's phones. And like, you know, that's the, exactly what I did. I'd memorize all of them and like only call them from the home phone. Yeah. I never had like, my cell phone. You know, you ring their flat and someone picks up. And you're like, oh, hello, Mrs. I don't know, yeah, exactly. whatever. Can I talk to, you know, my friend, like, blah, 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 is he home or something like that? And now everyone's just like, has this, like, I'm just like a message. I'm coming over. Get yeah, ready. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's it. Like, so for us, and then if you had a phone, it was like a privilege, but now it's part of life. Like, you know, his, your brother, for example, I'm sure even with school, he needs to have like even access to a laptop and like do stuff online and things like that. And then because it's part of it, then controlling that is harder, right? Because yeah. it's just like, it's there. There is no, you can go on your laptop only this time. because like, it's part of education, studies, life. Um, so yeah, it's quite weird. Uh, whoever listens to this, we have kids. I'm sure you're great parents, but and you've done your research, but kudos to you. Like I, it's one of the things that frightens me is like having children in this day and age. Yeah, dude, that's, it's terrifying. And um, like with the, the controlling like it's it's so interesting we're, we're very much become a more liberal society and we're not going to get into politics here like yeah, yeah no. we're not going to get into it but like society in general has become more liberal but because of the way things are going in terms of the way kids are being brought up i think either things are going to correct in a very conservative and traditional manner or society mm. will crumble because this 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 such open-handed mindset of everything when it's continuously applied to new generations of children they're going to have yeah. no sense of identity. They've talked about this on the Prescript podcast. I agree with it hundred percent. They just lose parts of themselves that make, make them human in a sense. Yeah. That's one of the things that I find so funny is that like, I'm a lover of, you know, video game art and like, you know, I do the dystopian future and everyone loves this concept of dystopian thing. And like, Oh, they love the novels and the video games or whatever, but they're so blind to the dystopia that we live in even now. We don't have, like, everywhere isn't skyscrapers and stormy skies and neon lights and, you know, cyber robots walking around. 
but it's very terrifying the virtual existence that we've just devoted ourselves to mm -hmm. uh was it elon musk is like we already are cyborgs our like robotic augmentation just happens to sit in our hands rather than being part of our body because this is like literally my entire life is connected to me my phone is an extended part of me like everything i have it's on it it my even thought processes, my likes, my dislikes, my phone will represent that. So we're already cyborgs, right? And it's weird, like back in the day, you know, you're a kid, right? Your parents just have to worry like, dude, you know what? If a stranger comes and says like, I have chocolate in my van, don't go there. Like, just don't talk to strangers, right? That's it. Like, even if you're a really bad parent with just that one advice, you would save your kid a lot of trouble. And now, this is like the candy home depot yeah exactly like hand. don't open that message don't reply to this thing don't put your code in this one don't like you know look i don't know open the, these emails like and scammers are getting so good i have to like i literally my relationship with my mom has changed now i'm the parent and she's the kid because i have to yeah. i get these screenshots mahan i want ten thousand pounds this like i'm like please don't click on it or oh mahan like she panics she's like oh mahan like um my dhl uh delivery is not here and they tell me if i don't like go and pay this much i have to, i get fined and stuff and i was like did you order anything she's like no i'm like so what what delivery are you waiting for it's a scam like or even like, they're getting so good like these messages are becoming so realistic that even sometimes i'm like wait is is it from and then i remember like i get a message from hsbc bank and they're like oh like you know something's happened to your account like prevent fraud and blah 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 and I'm so close to clicking on it. And then I realized I don't have an account with HSBC. What are they messaging me for? So um, like all these small things, like your parents have to know it. To Like, you know, what I'm trying to say is like, we don't even know all these things that are happening. So how are we going to protect the future generations from it? Yeah, it's terrifying to think of what and detriments that are going to be offered to kids in uh, even yeah. five six years mm -hmm. it's, it's a bit scary but to bring this full circle yeah i don't know man communication is so important the more versatile you're able to communicate, and that's the thing like the idea of if you've learned different languages you've probably been exposed to different cultures you're not narrow-minded anymore the purview of your life experience is not the hometown of 200 people you grew up in so you yeah. just, you have more experience. You're able to deal with people in a better way. That's something that's very much lost, I think, on kids these days, because even, if, and I've you know, witnessed this being coming from Canada to Istanbul, even if you're brought from, you know, across an ocean, if you're still staying at your phone the whole time, what growth mm -hmm. are you going to get? And so communication is slowly just slipping out of our hands, I think. It is. Okay. It, it definitely is because even for me, like even though, as I said, my generation wasn't like, because I grew up on dial-up, right? You know, eh, 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 eh. sorry, I hope you keep that in the episode because everyone's going to love that. <laughs> but even because of dial-up, I remember like, you know, people had um, MSN Messenger, Yahoo Messenger, like MySpace and stuff like that. So there was a period of like, you know, when I was 13, 14, that I was just like talking to all these people over Yahoo Messenger. And then I got to meet them in real life and I just couldn't speak because like all my bravado and all my like, you know, wittiness and everything else was through that 10 seconds that I had time, 
time to write and rewrite and delete and like come up with something funny. And then when I met a person in real life, like I met this girl when I was like 13, 14, and I was just like, not the same person. She was like, what is wrong with you? Like, you know, you were so funny like, online. How do I like, verbally unsend something? Yeah, exactly. How I was like, how can I delete this message? Like, oh, it's out there in the universe. There's no control. So yeah, then I had to learn that skill of, okay, communication is different. Like when you have to speak, right? Like versus when you have to type it. And I learned that very early, but I, even at that time, it wasn't as big, right? Now it's everywhere. Communicate, talk more. Communicate, Learn go and talk to a stranger in the street. No, please don't do that. Don't, uh, maybe, not do that. <laughs> maybe not talk to strangers. This is not medical advice. <laughs> this is not medical <laughs> Oh man. Perfect. Well, 